0: At the Crest presents the screening room. Okay, um, so we're finally back in the screening room after a very long uh, hiatus. But um, I'm very excited for today's show because I am joined by um, a remarkable guest, uh, the comic known as Anil Desai. Anil, hello. Hello. Hi. Um, So (laughs) you are a stand-up comedian. I'm not going to tell anybody, I'm not going to tell the audience uh, too much about you because uh, you you can Google anything and everything these days. So I don't want to sort of uh, go through
1: this thing prescriptively. But uh, sure.
0: I was hoping. Uh, yeah, let's just uh, let's just have a, a chat.
1: Yeah, sure, man. I uh, b- besides doing being a stand up comic, I am um, yes. also uh, I'm, I'm an actor and an impressionist.
0: Of course, yes, and and um, incredibly talented. I mean, I, I only saw you for the first time on stage um, a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. uh, we were blown away. Um, I mean, Excellent. all the act, all the acts were great. All the acts were great, but there was just something about you that I just thought, yeah, that dude. That dude, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. And it's not just that because you're a bit of a cinephile and stuff as well. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just your versatility. I mean, it, yeah, you're, you're, you're a great mate. Um, and I can't wait to see you again on the show, in a show rather. So, I know, yeah, as you said, you are a, um, you're a stand up, you're an actor, uh, and you're an impressionist. And, uh, and I understand that you've got some friends coming around later on, maybe. Who knows?
1: Well, you know, in my where, where I live, I you know, because uh, I'm I, I'm a single man, uh, so I'm not tied down to uh, to a wife and kids, yeah, or any pets or anything like that. But I but I do, as an impressionist, have a lot of uh, a lot of the people I impersonate just kind of <laughs> hanging out in my house, kind of like phantoms. You know, they just appear and disappear. I don't know when they're going to show up, but they yeah. they sometimes just show up and then and then they're there, and um, uh, and that's part of my work. But also, yeah. it's kind of fun just uh you know i'm, I'm comfortable in yeah. my own skin and um and being in my own space and and spending time on on my own
2: yeah.
1: <clears throat> uh and uh, part of that is because i have <laughs> i have so many famous uh celebrities that i'm <laughs> that i interact with uh <laughs> i don't know what the flies on the wall are watching when they when they hang yeah. out in my house i don't oh. know what, they, what they're what they must be thinking this guy this guy's either entertaining or he's <laughs> he's so far out there man <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> now let's go with the former um yeah <laughs> all right
0: but, okay so look uh let's talk we were talking just before we started recording um probably we were talking a little bit about um uh your your background and uh family history and stuff you know and it sounds like we've we've both come from uh similar sort of uh a place uh similar sort of schooling where it was very multicultural and stuff mm. um, you know the fact that you're Indian as well, yeah. Uh, so we we've got these sort of shared experiences, I suppose.
1: Um, but tell me, I guess like our, our sort of our, our upbringing, the foundation of our upbringing was kind of similar in yeah. that. You, Your Indian families coming over here yeah. and uh, uh, you know taking everyone's jobs. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> coming over here and, and bring, and, and, you know, uh, wanting, wanting us, yeah. uh, they brought into the world and uh, wanting us to do better than they, they did. Yeah. And, um, and, but with that, there was, you know, there's this tradition and, and restriction and,
2: hmm.
1: and stuff like that, you know, but, um, I think I was quite fortunate in that my parents are very liberal, Um yeah. even though they, had, you know, the, some of the traditional values and, and, um, and desires for their, for their children, they, that they, they were also, you know, quite open-minded and sort of freeing to let us just sort of try stuff out and,
3: yeah.
1: and whatever. Um, as long as we, you know, and didn't end up being idiots. Yeah, yeah, so,
2: <laughs>
0: you know,
1: yeah. on the wrong side of the tracks or something. And just, um, you know, it's, it, it, I, I, I guess along the way, my, my dad was like, whatever, whatever you makes you happy. Yeah. You know, do that. And if it makes you happy and and you can earn a living from doing it and you're not an idiot, you know, then, uh, then, then fine. Yeah. You know, so that's quite, that's quite chilled. You know what I mean? So, um,
0: yeah, which is, and that's nice, right? It's quite, that sounds quite refreshing. Um, as opposed to sort of being forced to try and be an accountant or a a, a dentist or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was, I was raised by my grandparents, so, um, you know, you'd think that they were even more traditional, but they never sort of objected to any of the art stuff. Like my grandfather would be like, if you catch me watching Transformers the movie for like the fiftieth time, right week, and he'd be like, well, are you gonna give an exam in this? And you know what? Yeah, right, right, right. You know, I
1: could, I'd smash it. You know, I'd smash. You it. know, what's the coolest thing about when when the Transformers movies came out. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm I'm very much the same. I'd watch a film again and again, and my dad'd be like how many times have you watched this I'm going, I, I it, what does it matter and he's like why do you watch it again and again yeah i said because i like it he said you, said you like every film you watch every film again and again and uh he, and he said you know you're just sitting around wasting time why yeah. don't you go and get a job why don't you go and earn some money and the cool thing is that and this is something i didn't realize at the time when i was yeah. sort of just binging movies on repeat and stuff like that and um for you listeners, if you didn't ever have VHS, it's when you had to put the video cassette back into the into the video player, which was like a yeah. Blu-ray player, but but with v, with VHS tapes, and rewind <laughs> or forward it to your favorite scene and watch that yeah. again and again, yeah. again. Wear the tape out, and then you have to get by another copy <laughs> of that film. Yeah, um, seeing that battle sequence so many times or that whatever. But yeah. um, what happened later in life is that I when I started using my impressions, yeah. uh, in like in my comedy it really changed my career and um or it gave yeah. me a, a whole uh, uh sort of some refreshing start of a career yeah. um and uh and and it was and I could do what I do as an impressionist because I had watched those movies so many times yeah. back in the day and if I hadn't done that do you know what I mean so I'd spent yeah. these years doing this thing watching films and repeat getting getting you know sort of chastised by my family and stuff like that and and whatnot, and then uh, and then actually the result of that is that I, you know, I have this career that I have now, yeah. And wouldn't have guessed that that's, that was there was going to be a result of that, you know what I mean? So yeah, um, so that was quite cool. The thing about Transformers is that did you ever watch the cartoon?
0: Yeah, I mean that, that, that's the that's really the one I I that's kind of my that's my Transformers. Do you know what I mean? That's my era.
1: Guy who did the voice of Optimus Prime. Yeah. In the eight in the nineteen eighties cartoon series of Transformers.
2: Yeah.
1: Is the same guy they got to do the voice of Optimus Prime in the movies that they've made over the last ten years. Yeah. And that's the coolest thing, man. Yeah. I was that's... like, what
0: Peter Cullen is his name. Peter, yeah, Peter Cullen. Uh he yeah,
1: he's um He's phenomenal, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. incredible.
0: And the fact that he gets to reprise that role like what, some twenty years later in the this live action point. films.
1: My point, this guy could have done nothing for twenty years and they've gone well, we're making Transformers the movie. Do you yeah. remember Optimus Prime? And everybody loved Optimus Prime and you loved yeah. his voice. And he and he had he had some he had the gravitas, but he also had some he had care and affection
0: yeah. in his
1: yeah. voice. You know, and you and he was a leader and you and you would you would have gone with him wherever he went, you know. Yeah, and exactly. uh and trusted him. And you couldn't get any other actor to to be a new Optimus Prime voice. It had to be the same guy. Yeah. Same guy. You so. yeah, you just wouldn't buy
0: it, right? It's like uh it's a similar sort of thing with uh Megatron. Perhaps he's less uh less iconic, um, a voice, but Frank Welker, he you know, he even they got him to audition to play the live action version of Megatron right. and they said, Oh, it didn't fit and and right. like I kinda of struggled with, with that to be honest. I was like expecting yeah. Do you know what they I mean? got, the same thing?
1: They got um what's his name from um from the Matrix. Matrix.
0: Yeah, oh my god. And now his name has disappeared. Right, I know.
1: <laughs> oh god, I can't remember.
0: But okay, so look, this is um it's kinda of cool, right? So like your your dad is saying why are you watching this stuff over and over again? Essentially yeah. you uh you were training, you're practicing, yeah, you're exactly. learning. I
1: consciously I was. I d I didn't know I was actually training.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh
1: but I, I so I think that sometimes when you are just spending your time doing something that seems mundane or repetitive or boring it's actually your now it depends how your mind works but i think yeah. maybe you're you're actually investing in something that's going to be yeah. unraveled in the future that's going to be useful and yeah. and actually uh that's maybe that's a rare case maybe maybe the majority of the time it is a waste of time <laughs>
0: <laughs> well thankfully not for you
1: yeah so tell me you you're so yeah so okay, i'm just going to come back Sorry. to transform yeah, yeah go on go on
0: yeah yeah go for it <laughs>
1: Here's the thing, I there was there was an episode, the first ever episode I watched of Transformers the cartoon because yep. it used to be uh it used to be shown on Good Morning TV. Yeah. or Good Morning, yeah. Morning or uh and it would TV be a AM five
0: yeah.
1: It'd be a 5 minute clip and because the episode would be like 22 minutes or whatever, yeah. but oh between Monday to Friday they'd show about 4 or 5 minutes. So they'd yeah. break down a 22 minute episode and just show 4 or 5 minutes per yeah. day. And I would video it and watch it and yeah.
3: And the first one I ever watched was, um, was, was, uh, I remember the dialogue. It was like, uh, Cliff what are you doing? I've got Megatron dead center in my viewfinder. Oh, yeah. Firing at us. Who even knows we're here? The Autobots. They're the only ones. Soundwave, send Laserbeak to investigate. Laserbeak, investigate. Coast heading northeast. Now you've done it. Let's
1: burn rubber. And it was just, and I just remember that I don't know why I remember that. I was oh. <laughs> here's the weirdest thing: I was doing a gig about two years ago, so you know, over twenty years later from watching that episode, and I I did a Transformers bit in my show, and then I mentioned this this same same bit that I just did, and I mentioned the episode, and I did it, and this kid in the audience just howled and he screamed and he ran over to me after the show, and he said that was my favorite episode ever and he and he said whilst you were doing it i was doing the lines as well from his audience from his seat in the audience and i was like what oh and my then, goodness yeah, amazing yeah he was I, I, like i made his day he was like that's the best thing i've ever seen because who would ever do you yeah. know a, an episode of a cartoon live <laughs> on the stage in the, in the theater? you know what i mean and he and he saw this and he was like what this guy you know what i mean so that yeah. was pretty cool man that is yeah. <laughs>
0: amazing. That oh god, I I wish I could sort of uh, feel how you must have been feeling in that moment, like to yeah, just, yeah. you know connected yeah. with somebody like that. That's incredible.
3: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and good,
0: good impression of uh, that was a good Optimus Prime, mate. I think if uh, Peter Cullen ever
1: decides to. Oh, I did get that one. That was Cliff Jumper. Oh, um, that was Cliff
0: Jumper. Uh, okay.
3: Cliff Jumper and uh, what was the other one? Hot Rod or something? I don't know. Uh, but, um, Optimus, you had Ironhide. But... This is Optimus Prime. I send a message out to all the Autobots across the galaxy. We are here on Earth. We are waiting. Well, there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. See, I stand by my statement. If Peter Cullen ever decides to retire, I think uh, they know who they need to come to.
1: You know, a lot of people say to me, they say, why don't you just get in touch with Disney or DreamWorks or whoever? Pixar and say, hey, look, I'm this guy, I do all of these voices yeah. and you can save millions of dollars <laughs> by hiring me to do the characters rather than getting these famous people to do it. And um and I can just voice them. I could do Morgan Freeman and Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson and whoever you want in the thing, right? And then I thought, well, you know, but here's the thing, because when it comes to the marketing team, they go, Well, who's this Anil Desai guy? Nobody's heard of him, so I can't sell the movie with my name on the title. Because Aww. nobody, you know what I mean. So you know, so you've got to have Morgan Freeman's name. You've got to have Samuel L. Jackson and yeah. Al Pacino and whoever, Robin Williams and whatever. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's um, so yeah.
0: <laughs> well, occasionally, occasionally. I mean, yeah, there is that. I suppose. I mean, in in terms of like, yeah, the industry is very much geared like that, isn't it? I mean, they they yeah. want they want a name, but then how do you? It's that Catch Twenty Two thing. How do you get a how do you get a name if you're not given the uh, opportunities and the chances? Yeah. So, actually, you've just got to go out there and freaking do it for yourself and make your own name. Yeah. Uh, as well, you are clearly doing. And you have been yeah. doing for ages, actually.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. Don't, don't make it sound like I've, <laughs> like I've been going for, for too long. No, but, no, no. Well, not that long.
0: But yeah, you know what I mean?
1: Doing, doing my thing. I started young. So, yeah. pretty much when I left school, I started uh, acting.
2: Okay. And then
1: like, I, I got into doing comedy. Uh, much later, actually, it was it was a last hurdle for me because it was the one I was I feared the most. It was the one I was afraid of most because it was with acting you can hide behind a mask. You've got someone else's dialogue that someone else has written, and you can play a character and you're you're on stage with other actors and you're being directed and so forth. When it comes to comedy, you have none of that. It's you with your own writing, your own ideas of what you think is funny, and you're revealing yourself to an audience and you're telling them this is who you are and this is what you think is funny. And if they don't like it or if they don't laugh, then you know, you're you're a dead stick in the water and um Yeah, uh, and that was a hard that was a bit that so I, I, I was always afraid of that. But then one day I, I I kinda thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. I was at a pretty low point in my life and I thought, well, you know what, just do it, go for it and, and uh if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You, at least you tried it, right? So I did it and it worked, and then I, I kept doing it and then um and then people started noticing it. So uh so here we are. Yeah. yeah. And boy, does it work!
0: Um, Yeah, that's interesting. You should you should say yeah. It's it is all about taking risks, right? I know it sounds all cliché, but um, the people that seem to succeed are the ones who take the risks. Uh, That's my you know what's what's the expression? Nothing ventured,
1: nothing gained, or whatever. Um, Right. You 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 do But I think yeah, the risk thing. We can put risk on on it as as a label, Hmm. but I think there's also. uh The thing that I feel about it mm. is 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 you have to have a certain uh depth and, and you have to have a huge well of belief yeah. in yourself or the idea at least um yeah. or or be passionate enough in order to just go for it you know and yeah and and not be afraid of losing the things that you think you're going to lose if it doesn't work out because yeah. if you go for it and you commit to it, I think it will work out, yeah you know what i mean if you if yeah, you know yeah. what you're doing if you if you and sometimes even if you don't, if you you know, the, but if you go, Well, I can either stay in this dead end job and live in yeah. in the in the way that I'm living life, which you're maybe not happy about, and then you go, or I can I can reignite that dream that I had when I was a kid and and go for that. Yeah. And you know, it's it depends you want want what you want in life and what you're willing to sacrifice, I think, as yeah. well. So you know, and if it doesn't work out, of course that job's still gonna be there for you, man. Yeah. You know you can Stacking shelves, man. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like if you're a doctor or an accountant, and then you go, actually, I'm going to go be a comedian. Yeah. And then, like Paul Sinner, Paul Sinner, who's who's now one of the chasers on the Chase. Okay. You know, uh, I don't know Sinner what man. that is. He's um, he's, well, he's 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 Asian, and he's a uh, he's okay. he's one of the first Asian comedians that I uh, uh, met and saw, and um, and he's brilliant. And uh, yeah. so, but he was a doctor. Yeah. And then he was a comedian. And now he's one of the chasers on the chase, you know, so he's having three, three massive careers in one lifetime. And that's the kind of thing that I find exciting and interesting in a a person's sort of life, uh, you know, from from start to finish. When you go, well, the people that lived many lives in one lifetime are the ones that are far more interesting
3: to me. Yeah.
1: Because they're, and they and they also they have a, a maybe a bit more you know sort of the more rounded world you know world mm. uh, you know informed about things uh and just different perspectives on life from those different jobs or places mm. they've been and and the and the things that they've achieved and become you know otherwise yeah. you just go well I was a postman until I retired from yeah. the age of 20 to 60 and then you go what else is you, you go well that was pretty much it I saw a lot of houses <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. you know, I still, I still lived in the back of my caravan or whatever, you know, but yeah, yeah. but I was a person of course, for forty years, and that's fine as well. That's noble, yeah. you know. That's yeah, that's yeah. fine, absolutely. But at the same time, it's just that it, it's maybe less interesting,
3: yeah.
1: Unless um, something happened to them
3: whilst they were a person, yeah, um, which inevitably probably did. <laughs> You know, but, I think it's,
0: yeah, I mean, there is that. Sometimes there is a circumstance thing, but I, I do believe that people, you know, you, it's, if you've got the will, you can claw yourself out of it, but only if you want to, right? For some people, they, they just want that nine to five and and they're happy with that.
3: Yeah.
1: If you're not, I think they just, because it's working and yeah. what else is there? People think they have no choice yeah. in life, but the actual truth is, is that every single person on this planet, does have a choice yeah, and absolutely. people might be listening and say no we don't no you don't you sometimes you don't have a choice actually you have to you have to get deep in that because if the yeah. person is on death row yeah. even that person on death row who's in a prison and is going nowhere and you know and they're in there for life and they're on death row and they're going be exec- yeah, going to be executed even they have a choice of how they deal with that situation now they could meditate every day and free themselves in their internal mind and so that they're outside of the walls of the prison, right? And yeah. like from their from them from their mental side, right? Yeah. Or they could cry themselves to sleep every night because they're upset about the situation they're in. Yeah. Or they could write letters to people out there who might be, you know, uh, uh, who might love them or care for them or have friend, be friends of those, Or even uh, f- create a group that helps uh, other other offenders to to maybe not yeah. offend because they they're writing letters to say, hey, look, man, this is the reality, yeah. and you don't want trust me. You know, yeah. I've been there, I've done it, I've seen it. And so it's sharing your experience, sharing knowledge. You yeah. know, but you do have a choice. So yeah. even if a guy on death row has a choice, of course someone who's working nine to five has a choice. Yeah, yeah. You know, they have to go on a horrible commute every day in the morning and the night. Uh, you know, it's just you have a choice, man. So. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more.
1: People are listening going, like, this guy's really serious for a comedian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
0: like, Well, that's the, but that's the interesting <laughs> thing, though. Like, um, don't they say, like, uh, a lot of... Uh, most artists are sort of. It comes from a pained place or a serious, serious place. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I, again, that's I, another cliche as but well. Johnny but... Depp
1: actually. Johnny Depp said he said um he said uh, you, you have to take comedy seriously. Yeah. Um, but but acting you shouldn't take seriously. Right. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Like acting yeah. is playtime, right? Yeah. So yeah, just yeah. pretend that you're acting, just as we played like. I don't know cops and robbers, cowboys and Indians, whatever you yeah. played when you were a kid, and you got went bang bang, ooh, I'm dead, right? And then you'd you'd go yeah, and you'd you'd, you'd commit to that, yeah. you know, if you did a voice for a little toy action man or whatever, you committed to that, and that was yeah. you believed that that was what was happening, yeah. and and that's acting in its simplest form. That is that just yeah. just just go with it. Pretend That that's what's happening. Believe it, and it'll happen. With comedy, you can't get away with it that way. You have to actually take comedy seriously in yeah. order to deliver it. It, at its best, make it funny. Yeah. You, know, you you have to, you have to. You can't you can't mess about and try and do comedy. Yeah, as yeah. in you can't. You know what I mean? You can't be flaky about it. You, then you go on stage and you you'll crash and burn. It won't work all the time. You know, yeah. if you don't do the work, you have to. You have to do the work. You know, and yeah. do it. And that that bit you have to take seriously.
0: Yeah, I find like with some you know some of the best um, comedic performances are where that individual. Um, who is in a ridiculous uh, situation or delivering absurd dialogue or whatever? Absolutely, one hundred percent believes what they're doing, and they don't yeah. see it as something ridiculous or absurd. There's nothing. Right. You know, they're not. They're not clowning. You know, it's not about no. clowning. It's uh, it, it, it's sincere, and that's yeah. often what makes it hilarious.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be genuine. You know, and that's all. That's everyone in life. I think just the more real you yeah. are, then. The better your life's going to be, the richer your life's going to be, you know. And then the the more you you, you fake yourself, then the more distant you're going to feel from everything that's happening around you. Yeah. Because it's all, you know. So the more real you are, the more you will attract. That's that's actual, you know, solid, real, good, authentic, genuine stuff, man. You know, whether it's whether it's people or or, or the places, the people you meet, the the experiences you feel. Uh, your connection to a song or a book or a a movie or a piece of art is going to be much more, uh, there's an honesty with it. There's a, a, you know, if you feel like crying, cry. If you feel like laughing, laugh. If you want to run away from it, run away from it. But but when you fake stuff, you don't, those connections don't happen. You know what I mean? Feel those connections with those different things and with people. And you don't know. You know that you just lied to yourself. You lied to yourself and everyone else at that party. And yeah, you yeah. want you know what I mean and that's weird yeah. right so but people live like that man you know and it's probably the same people <laughs> that think they have no choice hmm. that they have to be like that you know it's yeah um so they they're putting on a performance because day. as an impressionist one thing i have to do is um uh become whoever i'm impersonating yeah and because i can do over 150 different impressions um <laughs> that's a lot of so then i have to by by becoming them i also have to sort of behave like them or Kind of, you know, and empathy is a big thing, right? So I have to be empathic to the character or the persona that I'm that I'm playing, and and that's part of that's that's one ingredient that helps me do the impression as Mm -hmm. well as I can. But also, then it changes how I, uh, how I how I feel because I suddenly am not being me. I'm being, I don't know, like say like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, like what I'm saying. You know, rhythmic, what
3: I'm saying is, right, is that because if I'm being Arnie, you know, then I'm not being Anil because I'm being Arnie, and Arnie is very different to me, you know, and he's going to do this thing, and he's going to go out, and he's going to go to the gym, and he's going to drive around, he's going to see his friends, he's going to eat big meat, red meat all the time, you know, and Anil, I just, I don't do
1: that, Anil, but Arnie, does. Arnie, you do that, don't you? Yeah. I do it all the time, I like the big steak, I like the big chicken. And what do you eat at Nando's? The whole chicken. See this? I couldn't eat the whole thing. No. You know what I mean? Just this, but that, so you, so you become different, you yeah. know. And so, then I, so I'm kind of tainted uh, in, internally in my bones, yeah. all of these different personas, you know, yeah. um, and, and in mind. Uh, but you know, luckily, I know where the off switch is. <laughs> yeah, thank <laughs> you know? God.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, do you actually? Okay, so like you mentioned, Arnie's a good, um, good example because you're talking about how. In your in your show um, that we saw the other week, how yeah. he came about, and you're sort of, it, it sounded to me like you know you're talking about earlier we were saying about how you subconsciously perhaps absorbing these things when you're you think you're being passive watching a film or whatever, and in my opinion, I think in reality you're finding a truth in fiction, which is, is kind of oxymoronic, but that's how it works for me. Um, you said so you were you you were. You were essentially like, what are you doing? You were cooking or something. You were cutting vegetables, chopping yeah, vegetables, yeah. and then and then this guy just comes. I was to making you.
1: pasta, right? And uh, I was cooking some pasta, and and then I said, in Arnie's voice from like Terminator, I said, "Pasta La Vista, baby." As I put the pasta into <laughs> the boiling water, you know? and then and then next thing, Arnie appears in my kitchen, and he's like, "Why are you ribbing me? Why are you always making fun of me?" And all the things that I say in all the movies, and I was like, "Dude, because it's funny, man. It's you know you're."
3: You're Arnold Schwarzenegger, dude. And he's like, but you're always making fun of everything that I say. Why don't you make fun of other things that I say that nobody knows? I think, because I don't know what they are.
1: (laughs) And he just started arguing, but we ended up having an argument. And it became quite meta. Right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was saying to me that I was arguing with nobody because he wasn't there and I was pretending to be him and argue with him uh, as myself. And in fact, so then ultimately I'm just... Talking to myself, basically, but in, <laughs> and using him in this way, and he wasn't happy about that. No, know. no.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, he should be happy. I mean, I think you're doing him uh, justice, uh, you know, and giving him, you know, some company. I I just find it really interesting that you, you know, your your mind got to a place where this, you know, this thing happened.
1: Yeah, right. And, it, and to me, it's also normal. Like to yeah. me, it doesn't. There's nothing weird about it. There's nothing. Like mm. it kind of got me caught me off guard because. Because that that hadn't happened before in terms of the argument, I, like I've had a yeah. lot of them just pop. Up, but I don't, I don't normally argue with them because we're normally on the same same team, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's Kind of like standing up, defending himself, and uh, and that was quite novel. But um, yeah. but to me, no, it's it's that my mind goes there is 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 normal. I think I've always had that since I was a kid. Uh, like I played with toys, and I would just give them voices, and then yeah, they just they'd, you know they'd get about they go about their business with their voices, and I'd. I'd be sort of the director, you know, and directing. And, um, and as I got older, it became me, me just playing different characters, uh, and just, you know, goofing about. And then it became the impressions. And I was always fascinated by, by watching through watching movies by the character, by the, some of the, the, the trials they go through or the, I mean, you, you know, you can, all of life's questions are answered in the movies, Mm. you know, and if you don't, if you don't find the answer, then you just have to watch more movies. You know, you might watch a lot of movies before you find a specific answer to a specific question.
2: Yeah.
1: But at the end of the day, I think I learned a lot of life lessons from watching films. I think most of my life lessons were, I learned from watching movies from a young age and just, you know, uh, you learn things about integrity and loyalty and friendship and love and, you know, uh, betrayal and, uh, deceit and, and, uh, you know paranoia and all of these things. You know all of you know um, being charismatic, being charming, being confident. You know um, winning, losing. You know uh, defending yourself, defending the honor of someone else, and all of these things are in the movies, man. And and yeah. and you. So you can see all of these life, uh, you know, uh, uh, emotions and feelings and and uh, concepts and and interactions and relationships in 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 a bunch of movies, in a much shorter time than it would take you to, if you were actually just living life, uh, you would it would take a longer time to see all of those things. It takes a lifetime to experience all of that. But yeah. the movies is a, is a quick sort of, um, quick way to get into yeah. watching things that you would, you know, it's just like you're watching a movie about a serial killer or about gangsters, which I'm neither of, you know what I mean? But watching yeah, yeah. it, you get into that sort of head of what they're, what they're about, and, yeah. and it kind of gives you a different perspective on how you see either yourself or, or human beings, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this is like a whole other podcast. This is like, it let's talk. Is, it? Rather, yeah. rather than let's, let's find out
0: about this comedian guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are kind of, we are finding out because you're, um, you know, you, yeah, you're, you're speaking truths there. Yeah, absolutely. We learn so much. I think it's easy to forget that, you know, all cinema is written by people and, a lot of it is based on their own experiences yeah a lot of it is imagination and you know the, this big fantasy stuff but then at the same time a lot of that's coming from a very human place like i learned a lot of my morality growing up from optimus prime funnily enough right. you know from the cartoon right, yeah. version
1: yeah, yeah so we, had, it's, we had different guardians didn't we that sort of yeah. brought that, that that brought us up like like optimus prime and yeah. um who else we had we, there was different tv dads that we had that would yeah. you know you'd kind of watch i mean i'd say bill cosby was one of them back in the day yeah you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah time, once upon a time but, um, but you know so you had that thing where where anyone that was a leader or was the father figure in the, in a tv show or a movie you would kind of you know you'd 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 look up to you know and um or you wanted to be like yeah, you know
0: exactly um,
1: yeah and if you started reading books as well I, I read more books when i left school than yeah. i did when i was in school and I, and when i started, started studying acting i realized i was going to need uh, i was going to need to be able to uh, sight read uh, and, yeah. and and you know scripts and stuff like that and uh, yeah. and also good uh, command of uh, of of english and articulate and expressing myself and so yeah. i just kept books when the bu- books fuel your imagination oh in no no doubt. It, it's it's amazing um But you, that's where you really get in depth on specifics as well. When you when yeah. you're reading, like I started reading a lot of biographies on famous actors, I liked, you know, and um and I kind of, I, I guess another way that I learned to do impressions was by reading different biogs of the actors that I like most, and yeah. like Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando, and and I, and I continued reading them because uh, I was fascinated by these, by these guys and their and their abilities and um and how
3: good they were
1: and. Where they came from and and what their story was, what their childhood was, what all of that, and 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 by the end of reading a book on, on them, I I could do the impression of them because I'd absorbed so much information on them. Yeah. And I'd be watching their films through each chapter. That they that each chapter was a different film they worked on, and so I'd go to the video store, and I'd get that movie, and then I'd watch it so I could see how they applied themselves as actors into that. And that was kind of my self, my DIY acting school, which yeah, I did for yeah. a- you Know
2: <laughs>
0: which is just I, as valid,
1: yeah, I, I think. All these guys, which I didn't, I wasn't trying to learn how to impersonate them, I, I was more into them as actors and I was just you know reading about them. But that was a result of that, so that was quite cool, yeah. Um, fortunate, yeah, and unexpected, so <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, okay, so we're talking about acting. What was your so th- the acting? I'm guessing, did the acting come? For, uh, okay, so you were doing the, uh, as a kid growing up, you're doing the impressions, you're, you're doing voices, you're, you're play-acting, as a lot of kids do, but then you took it to the next level. What, how, what came first? Did did that, uh, did sort of the, the acting came first?
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. As a choice, as a conscious choice of what do I want to do when I leave school. Yeah. And I started doing, I did performing arts GCSE, okay. and, and I was in the final school play and stuff, and I played the lead part. And Okay. Um, and then I uh, left school and I joined an actor's workshop and then I started doing uh, classes on weekends and and, uh, and evening uh, workshops and and, uh, and improv classes and everything and then I, and then I started getting cast in short student films and fringe plays and then I got an agent uh, I got my uh, uh, actors union card my equity card and then and I, on, and I worked in TV and radio and film and theatre in. in in England in the UK in London and um, and then uh, I formed a sketch group many years later around about 2000 and with two other guys that were also actors and we um, but we were friends already and we formed a sketch group and then we went to the Edinburgh Festival and did about four years up there uh, and that was that was great fun and then when we split up uh, one guy went and joined the band the other guy became a producer of another comedy show and I and I realized that i had to make another decision i was still working as an actor but i but with comedy which i was now in love with i knew i had to go and jump through that hoop of fire of doing stand-up and um and and then i did and uh that's there <laughs> okay oh yeah So stand-up came fast like but also the stand. i just did stand-up at first and then i kind of got bored with the stand-up material i was doing because i don't know it wasn't it wasn't great, you know, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too personalized or anything. I mean, it, it kind of was, but not really. But, and it felt generic when I watched other sort of newer comics as well. And, and then my mate suggested, he said, why don't you do impressions, man? Put your impressions in your comedy. And I thought, well, who wants to see impressions? I don't like watching impressions. <laughs> do you not? Not really no, well, I did okay interesting. I did, I did for a time, but then yeah. I didn't for a while because they all became a bit too they all did the same impressions, and they were all <laughs> they were all technically proficient and stuff, but but none really kind of nailed it in the way that I, yeah. that I was in, you know enamoured by, and then my mate said he said, "You do them differently to everyone else and and so one day I decided I'll put my impressions in my comedy, and when I did yeah. that that changed everything. And then, really? okay. and then I then I became the Impressions guy in the comedy. Then that, that I had to, you know, I had to label myself as something because I, I, I because I could do so many things. I had yeah. to label myself and sell that and go right. I'm the Impressions guy, and then you get you know you get uh, you get uh, some notice and you get some breaks and stuff and people go okay, you're that guy. And then once once you've kind of established yourself in some ways and, and, and by putting a label on yourself, then you're a bit more free to do other things and people will take a gamble on you to go, okay, well come and do this now, you know, and, um, because they trust you've got the goods, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but you have to kind of sell yourself as one thing first. Don't try and sell yourself as too many things because they don't know what to do with you. Then you've, you've confused them already, you know? Right. So in the same, like when you, why we follow certain people on Twitter, why we follow certain people on Instagram, why you subscribe to someone's channel on YouTube, because you know what you're going to get. Because they've, they've they're selling that thing that that's the thing that you want to get every day or every week on their channel on their on their on their uh, on their on their site on, online, and you follow them because you know what you're going to get, and and I think the same, you know, same for us. Uh, in, any artist have, you have to say, well, I'm a sculptor. Don't be like I'm a sculptor and a fine painter and, and I also do inks and I do comic books and graphic design. And, you know, yeah, you go yeah. too many things. You know, what are you selling? And you got to go to selling impressions, and then people went, "Okay, let's buy that," and they did, you know, and and it changed my life. So, uh, and I have, have all these actors to thank um, when I when I do. I've met some of them uh, along the way, but okay. when I when I meet when I meet them all, I'll tell them. You know, I had this thing <laughs> on my this tagline on my on my uh, on my poster or my press release or something was um, all I ever wanted to do was be in the movies, uh, but now uh, I've got all the movie stars in my own show. And that was, that was the thing because I thought, well, if they're, if they're not going to put me in the movies for me to act with all these movie stars that I, that I grew up watching, then I'm just going to put all those movie stars in my own show live as a comedy genius. You know what I mean? And that's, 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 that's that's so, so when I, when I impersonate, uh, these celebrities, these actors and movie stars and stuff, it's, I'm not so much mocking them as I'm celebrating them, you know, because I'm a fan of this, you know, and, and, and the thing with impressionists usually, is that they're mocking uh, the person they're impersonating? They're 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 doing an exaggeration and they're they're humiliating them or, or mocking them or whatever. And yeah. and with me, I I I'm, I'm uh, I bec- because I become them, I get yeah. to just be as them and I'm celebrating them, you know. And and that they've given me this this career because if it wasn't for them, I'd just be doing rubbish stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate. I'd just be a jobbing actor and um, I don't know, man. Uh, who who knows, you know, but. Probably No but uh,
0: <laughs> you've hit the nail, you've hit the nail on the head. there was a guy, right? so like um, Artie's work, some of Weis's work, sort of takes it to comic conventions and stuff. yeah being at this one convention, and there was this guy, and he was an impressionist, but he would dress up as these characters, so he dressed up as right. uh, Keith Lemon and a couple of other guys. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the chap's name now, but um he did an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. And he would put on this sort of it was quite unnerving this like uh, this latex mask thing, right? Where the eyes were cut out, and so yeah. it was kind of you get that sort of uncanny valley thing, yeah, yeah. You know, really going on. And um, yeah. but he walked around and and he would pretend to be the Terminator. So he's walking yeah. around as if he's uh, Arnie from the first film, and his voice was like spot on. And he actually said the same thing as you. And I mean. It, if I were to listen to him, if if I were to listen to you, if I removed Anil Desai from your Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, uh, I'd be hard pushed because I I listen to Schwarzenegger on his videos and stuff when he's talking about gerrymandering and all this stuff and you know all the charity stuff that he does these little Facebook videos and whatnot, yeah. and you know so I'm I'm used to hearing that guy's voice even to this day and to be honest I still I think I would struggle I wouldn't I I would struggle to right. separate the two of you and. Yeah. He said the same thing as you, where he said, Well, you get all these other comics and they're these impressionists and they're, they are mocking them. You know, they're, they're turning yeah. them into a caricature. And he goes, I'm, yeah. And I'm not doing that. And all the while he's telling me this in the Arnie voice, right? So I'm already yeah. kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, and, and I find that, yeah, I find that refreshing actually. That's.
1: This, uh, yeah, this, that's I nice. Didn't, this is why I kind of didn't enjoy watching impressionists, or also didn't think that I. I wanted to just do impressions as a comedian, um, yeah. so I thought, well, because they frowned upon, you know, and there was a, there was a they got a bad name because it was like, ah, well, it's just like a little party trick, really, but it's not,
2: yeah,
1: it's not really much much of a thing. So for me, it was a big deal to actually make it a thing and make it like my signature thing. But yeah. in order to do that, I had to, I had to nail it. I had to do everyone, yeah, you know, spot on. And not just one, two, which a lot of comics might do one or two impressions. I had to, I had to pull the stops out. So I, in my first thing, I did 50, I had a deck of cards and I wrote each impression out on a deck of cards. And wow. so I did 52 impressions in five minutes, uh, as a challenge for myself, as my finale of my show, of my set. And people would just be like, what, what, what the hell was that? This guy yeah. just rocked 52 impressions in five minutes and and it was also the first thing i have ever had that went up on youtube that someone had filmed and put it up on youtube and i didn't know the power of youtube personally because i had anything on there but then within within a month or a few weeks i was getting i was getting calls and and invitations to go to different parts of the world to to do that they said it does the 52 impressions in five minutes thing and i was like yeah and they said, "Do you want to come to, you know, come, go to Singapore or Malaysia or South Africa or incredible. wherever, you know?" And um, in the last uh, ten years, I've been to about forty countries um, wow. from doing uh, comedy, but specifically you putting that impression thing in my comedy and having that on YouTube.
2: That's incredible.
1: I realized, and, and I thought, "Am I going to go to these different countries? What am I going to talk about? What am I going to say?" Then mm. I realized that the whole world watches the same movies.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, so they got it, man. You know what I mean? Like yeah, again, uh,
0: shared experiences,
1: right? Yeah. So they're all going. Wow, that that's except in Germany. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, really? I went to Hamburg. They invited me to go on their uh, their their the German TV version of the Gra- Graham Norton chat show, right? So a guy named oh, uh, right, okay. Johann Kerner, and uh, he's a big deal over there. And he's got the show. It's all in German. He's got a live studio audience, all German, and he invites me on the show and. And I'm doing my thing, and he says, "So we've got this guy's impressionist. Da, 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 so, so do you want to do a bit? So, I, so he's talking to me in English, and so I, I do my bit. I do some voices, some impressions, and uh, <laughs> and I get no response, which I'm used to getting from other TV spots I've done and other shows yeah. I've done around in the UK and whatnot, and <sighs> and I get nothing from this audience, and they're kind of looking at me like a bit, bit confused, and then he's looking at me like, looking at me like, what, what, what are you doing? And then I kind of just kinda of pitted it out. I sort thought of thought, well this isn't really working, so I kinda of stopped. I was like, yeah, he goes, well that was uh that was interesting. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> said, did you did you get it? And he said, Well, I think uh, what's happened here is that um uh nobody uh had informed you that in Germany we uh we have uh, German actors who dub over all the Hollywood movies. Oh, shoot. What? And he goes, so we have a German guy that does all of Tom Cruise films. We have a German guy yeah. that Robert De Niro films. And I was like, wow, man. And he said, and he said, and I must say that you sound nothing like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So they're like, oh, these are shit impressions of yeah, 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 Johann." Yeah. And when I realized that and when he told me that, and then the audience is in hysterics, right, in the TV, in the studio. And I'm just sitting there going, Oh man, this is so embarrassing! I mean, one <laughs> spot on German TV, man, and oh I got wrong. God. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they dubbed all their movies. And so, I, and I said, "Well, take it from me. That's what they actually sound like if you listen to them in English." You know, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and uh, it was all fine, man. But it was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, that was, um, you know, so, uh, so stuff like that can happen. You know, yeah,
0: yeah. Was that live? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was yeah. that a live show? Fuck.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: That's, um. Yeah. See, now this is why you know you've got to take your hats off to people like you. Just because you gotta, you gotta just try and salvage it, right? Yeah, you
1: just go with it, man. Whatever. Yeah. It's not the end of the world, man. Yeah. You know, no one's yeah, pressing yeah, yeah. buttons here. No one's, no one's. You know, it's not. I'm not losing out. What am I? Yeah. What am I? What am I losing out on? On a German-speaking audience that don't get my impressions. They're not my audience. You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, Berlin, yeah. where they speak English and they have English-speaking comedy clubs, then I could play there and. Um, uh, and maybe that'll be fine. I mean I've done Belgium and I've done Holland. I did um yeah. uh, Switzerland. Um okay. yeah man, it's um they're all fine, they all get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, amazing.
1: Yeah. And Southeast Asia, man, they they you know, they they when Southeast Asia gets it, then you go, yeah. Okay, these guys are far removed from Hollywood.
0: yeah 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 yeah. like i remember when they were still dubbing um what was it jurassic park and stuff you had uh you had like anil kapoor this bollywood actor dubbing yep. jeff goldblum and, <laughs> and like that's I, was, I, I i tried to watch it i was like this is not. wait a minute are you, you
1: telling me that i missed out on a job that i could i could have played jeff goldblum you could I, have done it you know uh well here, here here's uh the thing uh you know because because uh, a lot of people come up to me they say hey anil you know you you look uh like that Hollywood actor from uh Jurassic Park. You look like uh Jeff Goldblum right there. Uh now I know the listeners can't uh see my face right now, but they can uh definitely hear uh what I'm doing. And uh yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I met Jeff. I met Jeff York and uh Did you got really? a great photo. Yeah, he was doing a play on Broadway, so we went to see it. And yeah. then I uh, I met him backstage afterwards and then uh and my friend got a photo of us and I said, Take the photo once I've got the expression that he's giving in the photo and I'll oh, look,
2: shit.
1: And I'll look at the camera and I'll do this <laughs> same expression. We've got this great photo of me and Jeff doing the same expression, like big Jeff, little Jeff. And it's Oh my god, that's amazing. I, he's very tall. Lovely yeah. guy. <laughs> really nice guy,
0: yeah. Oh, that's so refreshing to hear because he's he is um he's amazing. God, he, I love that guy yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah in fact you know um i should have just asked you to do the entire this entire show in jeff Goldblum's voice
1: you know people <laughs> people have asked me that kind of thing before gonna- they really seriously I al pacino for the entire interview and i'm like well i you know i could do that uh but then I, I, it's a little unfair on a nail because are, <laughs> yeah. no one knows who he is and he doesn't get the same yeah. from being out or from whoever I'm being, you know, I, I thought I could actually do an entire show as Matthew McConaughey, uh, like a live stand-up show. Really? And just, just have McConaughey just doing the show. And, and, and but I come into it now and then, but I'm like second, I'm like second,
3: lead, yeah. yeah, second fiddle to his, you know, like it'd be his show, man, like, uh, you know, just Matthew McConaughey, you know, he's got all these kind of, uh, Different sort you of know, like you know philosophical musings and so forth. You know, like uh, like the other day I was thinking that uh, you know there's like almost eight billion people on the planet, eight billion people on planet Earth, and each and every one of us has the same. Uh, you know, we we know what it is to win and to lose and to laugh and cry and you know to go hungry, to be tired, to be overworked, to be you know stressed out, to be turned on, be turned off, be disgusted. You know, we all feel. All these same palette of emotions and things, you know, that's that's what connects us, right? But but here's the thing that blows my bungolicious mind. That is that uh, 8 billion human beings on this planet Earth, yet we all know what it feels like to be alone. How's that impossible, man? How can you feel alone when you have all of these things that connect us? Ah, that's, I just can't get my head around that. You know, stuff like that. Jesus,
0: yeah, that, that's that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty heavy. But I'm I'm surprised that people
1: sincerely ask you to do that. Well, no, it, in a way that it's gonna make the, it's gonna make the show much more uh, interesting, or, yeah. or to listen interesting to. Because you go, oh well, we got this guy. He didn't want to come on as himself. He just came on
3: as you know, as Jack Nicholson, you know. And then he did the whole show as Jack Nicholson. And Jack's famous for playing the Joker in the Tim Burton Batman movies, but then there was uh, Heath uh, Ledger, who also played uh, the Joker in uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. And uh, you know, here's the thing, yeah.
1: Jack. Uh, you know, you know what I mean. And and I could just play around, and then you you just go, hey, where did we just recorded two hours, and now yeah. I edit this guy's work. <laughs> into like you know however long your podcast is like yeah. half an hour or 45 minutes or whatever and that's uh you're gonna have your work cut out yeah 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 right <laughs> you know so
2: <laughs> I,
1: I yeah i'd like to do my own podcast show but i i don't know what to call it it's where i basically interview i either interview uh the people that i impersonate yeah so it's just it's a, it's a, it's a, so it's a no brainer it's just me Yeah yeah the host and I'm interviewing the people that I impersonate and every week I impersonate a different impression uh as yeah. if they they're the, you know they're the real person right and then I mean, it's just me and them Um or I I I interview different impressionists each week and um and uh, and talk and figure out where they're coming from how they do their work and and also just just to raise uh, the, 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 the skill and the art of being an impressionist back yeah. into back into the, into the world of going, actually it's, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a particular specific skill like a magician or a hypnotist or a mind reader or whatever, you know, it's, um,
3: yeah. no
1: one can do it, but if you can and you do it well, it's, it's something, there's something about it. And I don't know how, I, like, I don't, I don't know how I can do it. I don't know how, uh, how I'm able to do it, why I can do it, I, I just—it's just the thing that I can do, and everyone yeah. can do something that the next person can't. But if you can find what that thing is, yeah, then you make that thing be your, be your, uh, be your, your, your life, your career, your money maker. You know, then, uh, then you'll be pretty happy and free for uh, for most of your life, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's in a certain way. You know what I mean? yeah yeah absolutely you know if you're good at if you're good at cooking you know vegan food man then go and share that food with you know what you got to do if you're really good at something you have to share it with the world right that's the deal you know don't keep it to yourself that's a bit unfair
2: and so so
1: my my friends were always very encouraging and supportive and saying you have to share your impressions with the world man you know because they're too good to just sit in your head and you know just at, at parties now and then you know they said you gotta you gotta put it out there and um yeah, so I've been putting it out there for uh uh for twelve years now. Professionally you know. Yeah. That's but amazing advice. I've been advice. doing it since I was a kid, so and I don't know where it's gonna go. I know there's different projects that I wanna work on and develop and do with what I do. You know, for yeah. the for Netflix for for movies and, and radio and stuff, and um uh and also release some uh I don't know if you ever listened to comedy albums when you were growing up, just audio albums you know but there was this it's a, it's a it's a it's a thing that people don't do so much these days you know but i think it's i think it's still cool especially with doing voices yeah you know i know part of a lot of people say part of what i do is is seeing it as well because they—you how can how can i look like brad pitt when i look nothing like brad pitt but when sure. i do like brad pitt, i look like brad pitt even my best yeah. friend would me 27 years said and i was in the kitchen with him you know just having a drink and he turned around and he said how do you look like Brad Pitt when you do Brad Pitt? He said, I'm looking at you and you just look like, and I said, I don't know. I have no idea. And I, and it's like, you're creating an illusion, I guess, by being somebody. And they're seeing that the thing that's your, so that as much, the more detail and information you have and present that in front of an audience, even if it's an audience of one, then they believe it. They're going to believe that that's what you are. I mean, I play Denzel Washington. I play Eddie Murphy and people have come up to me and go, you, you look like a black guy when you, you look like Eddie Murphy. You know, <laughs> like, it's. And I said, Does it mean that I look like a white blonde guy when I'm playing Matthew <laughs> McConaughey? And they go, Yeah. And I'm like, That's. I don't even know how that's possible. So, like you were saying about that guy who's walking around the Comic Con yeah, uh, yeah. with the Arnold Schwarzenegger outfit and stuff and the Keith Hammond and that. I, I don't dress up. One of the rules that we decided was that I shouldn't dress up when I do it live because that takes away from the the purity. Oh, yeah, do absolutely. You know what I mean? You saw me yeah, just yeah. wearing, like, a, I was wearing a shirt and a, whatever a, a jeans, yeah. or, and I did what I did. But you saw me play maybe a twenty odd different characters. Yeah. But you, 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 but you, you still believe that you know that it worked. I didn't have to dress Schwarzenegger to play Schwarzenegger. No. Make you con- to convince you that I was Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Or you Captain know, Powers or Captain Jack Sparrow or whatever. You know what I mean? You just yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So for me, it was very much a thing of going well. If I can transform myself just by being who I am, dressed in neutral in a neutral outfit, with no costume, no wigs, no props, no no glasses, no no nothing, you know what I mean, and just do it, and and still get the audience to to recognize it, well then that's that's then that's 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 something, that's it. Then, then I'm playing in another field that a lot any impressionists don't play in.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, um, you. You uh, completely transformed yourself and utterly blew my mind when uh, Bobby De Niro came on the <laughs> came, came stage. You know, that was, I, we didn't quite know where you were going when you started sort of saying, you
1: know, I don't look like this person,
0: but, uh, and then you did that thing.
1: I don't look like him. I don't no. look like Bobby De Niro. I don't look anything like him. Uh, but then, then, then the magic happens and then yeah, and the whole audience is going, where's Anil? And that's Mm. Rob De Niro on stage.
0: (laughs) And if anybody's listening to this thinking that perhaps, you know, they're like, ah, yeah, whatever, whatever, you know, it's all just, you're caught up in the moment or whatever. No, I challenge you to go see Anil on stage. And when he does that um, Rob De Niro impression and he, he, it's like that rubber face thing, you know, like your Jim Carreys and whatnot, you get some of these performers who can just completely manipulate their face. And just like that, Mm. you know, you're gone. Robert De Niro is on the stage and where just, you know, the audience is kind of like gossiping. <laughs> you know I mean? There's just this sort of, what the, what just, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. How did he do
1: that? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man.
0: Well, I mean, Artie and I work in the industry and we were like that.
3: What happens? I don't know how. It,
1: uh, my dad, my dad is a, is a big fan of De Niro. And yeah. when I was a kid growing up, he, he let me stay up late on a school night if De Niro was on. And he could be like, watch this guy. You know, watch this. You know, watch De Niro or watch Dustin Hoffman and stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah. so forth. So he encouraged me to, to watch movies as well and to watch his favorite actors, and uh, and I did. And uh, yeah, so thanks, Dad.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, yeah, that that you had that sort of level of encouragement and stuff from the from the beginning. But um, yeah, yeah, gosh, yeah, we should all be so lucky, I suppose. But, um.
1: I don't know if it's lucky. It's just what it is, isn't it? I was, I was yeah, thinking,
0: yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. I, I, I guess when I when I say lucky, I don't mean it literally. Factor
1: into your existence or your place in in time or the thing you achieved. What's the luck bit? Where does how? That's just a phantom concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's not. Yeah, act, it's not a tangible science, right? It's just yeah. You, well, I was lucky that I got there first. Well, were you? No, it was just the the timing of the universe is why you got there first. yeah. Right? yeah you yeah. know, it's the chance, <laughs> right? It's the yeah everything's 50 50 man it's either you're you're either going to be there first or you're going to be there second or not you know it's just um uh and 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 so i don't know what the luck thing is you know because i used to say that a lot i say well i guess i'm just lucky and sometimes I feel lucky but i don't know what that is in terms of like i have good things happen but i mean yeah. everyone has good and bad happen and i have bad things happen you know but i just um I I feel I feel blessed that I have the opportunity to do what I do for a living with my abilities. Yeah, and yeah. that was a conscious decision that I had to make. I said I want to go out there. I don't want to do any more. I worked in all the jobs, man. I worked in yeah. I worked in bars and restaurants and offices and data entry and telesales and all <sighs> of the nonsense and I I did so many jobs, man, in between acting jobs. Yeah, and I got to a point where I said I don't want to do those jobs anymore. That I, I don't care if they're for two weeks or, or for or two days. I just don't want to do them anymore, man. You know, yeah, I just
2: yeah.
1: I want to use my own abilities to make my living and make my income. And that's when I I threw all the chips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, threw caution to the wind. I know. I just went right. That's it, man. I've got nothing to lose. I'm gonna take this. That was the biggest gamble. The, yeah. The one going right i'm going to just go and get do that comedy thing with my impression because i i believe by that point i believe that i was experienced enough and confident enough and secure enough to use my abilities to make my living and so i took them out there and i did that and um, and i and i never worked a regular job ever again yeah yeah that's that's inspiring i mean that's
0: yeah, that's basically what it boils down to, right? Like, I mean, I suppose when I use the term, like, I mean, I'm not, I don't believe, uh, well, I mean, again, this is another, a whole new, you know, another topic for another podcast. But, uh, you know, it, for me, it's more just um, an expression, but I know it, nothing. I just, I just picked up on yeah. it. Yeah,
1: I hear it back around a lot. And, and I think some, but also because listeners will hear it and go, yeah, well, that guy's lucky. But I don't want, I don't oh, want. Oh, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Think of think of things in that way i think you have to you know take the bull by the horns you know and and you're the bull and you take your own horns
0: yeah exactly you
1: you have to wrestle yourself you have to be honest with yourself and you have to look at what you're here once right everyone everyone's born only once and they die only once so between that time of birth and death whilst you're here you decide what you want to do man and there's no one there's no There's no system that you have to be in. You know, you just have to carve your own groove in the earth, man, through life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people that inspired me most were the ones that just went their own way and did it regardless. Because, and and that nobody else had done it. They weren't trying to copycat anyone. They just went, and and if they were, that's fine as well. But they just went and did, like Bruce Lee, he learned all martial arts and then created his own martial art from all the ones that he'd learned and then he came over to the USA from China from Hong Kong uh to uh to be a movie star but he yeah. didn't get it straight away so he had to work in in a lot of kitchens in Chinatown and yeah. and and be a be a valet guy or a limo driver or whatever and yeah. uh and and then and then he and then he started getting a few uh things in and, in and film and TV because he was exceptional he could do something that nobody else could he yeah. could fly through the air he could spin nunchucks, he could be good punch quicker than anyone had ever seen lightning speed yeah and people got excited by this yeah. you know and they went well we've got to use this guy and then from that then he created his series of dojos where he yeah. could tra- train and teach and share his knowledge of the martial arts to all of these people that were students to you know and, and came to him but also along with that he also became very philosophical because he'd gone on this journey from just mm. being because- this young kid in in Hong Kong to having this aspiration to become this big star, and and yeah. uh, you're going to learn a lot of lessons along the way. And he shared all these pearls of wisdom, which he also has in in books that he's written and stuff. And, yeah. and it's amazing. But when you look at someone like that, you go, "This guy, and he made it. He he, he nailed it. He ma- he nailed life. You know. He. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, and he and he knocked it out. And but but did someone else come before him and do that? No. He just went out and got the idea, and I'm going to go and do this. And he went ahead and did it. And then you have Jack Chan and Jet Lee and these other guys that came afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So you, so it, so anyone that's listening, I think, and, and these are people I'm inspired by. You know, like people that just went their own way, and they threw the whole book out, man. They threw out the the the, the foundation, the, the sort of con, the construct of ABC, the ABC one two three way of life. Yeah, was, that linear
0: sort of thing doesn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I was exist, like, okay, yeah. get that that works because everyone else has done that, and we can yeah. see works and this is a society that's that's developed from this thing that works right this abc123 if you yeah. follow this this thing of way of living and, and and living and working and so forth and educating great i get that that's a safety net now so yeah. if i go what if i go uh, a j 7 z 9 if I, what if i mix it up what if i figure it out that way what if i just yeah. go own way isn't that going to be much more adventurous much more uh, exciting much more unpredictable and yeah. and if it doesn't work, if it fails, if I get lost, if I if I fall down on my on my hands and knees and I'm broken, so then I can go back to the A B C one two three because that's always going to be yeah. there. That's yeah, that's, yeah. Go back go back into the system and follow that routine because you know it works. You know. Absolutely. But, but if you've got something in you that says I need to go and just be me, and I don't know what that is, and you can only figure it out by by exploring and going on the adventure, then then. And mix it up, man. Make your own rules. You know, figure it out. Yeah, that's all I've been doing, man. And I'm very organic as a person, so I, yeah. I work it out as I go. You know, and I don't know all the rules. I don't know everything. And you know, I don't. I'm not. You know, I'm not married with kids in a in a, in a flash car and a beautiful house and stuff. I just, you know, I'm, uh, I, I just live my life. But I, it's it's rich. It's rich, mm. man. It's it's rich of experience. It's rich of friends, of people, uh, yeah. of fans, of of moments. You know, and um and that's, you know, that's that's just that. Um, that's the thing that I uh, am most proud of is that yeah. I have made my life richer, despite the hardships and the twists and turns and and all of that, you know, and the rejections and stuff. You go, well, actually, it's not been too bad, as it, you know. Yeah. It's been pretty cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> so. And it can only get better, right? You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, yeah. It, th- these paths, you know, this notion that our path yeah. is sort of carved out—I think—is um, absolute BS. But yeah, uh, and and you just—I um, think that's, sometimes we, you know, we need to also just be astute, you know, and recognize that oh, here's an opportunity. I mean, for you to work out that actually, I need this. Uh, you know, I need. Oh, do I call it a niche? But you know, you you worked out actually, niche, the yeah. impressions is my thing. Um and I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna develop that and make that my you know, make that my baby.
3: But yeah,
1: because if that and I thought if that doesn't if that no one buys it, right? If no one's interested, yeah. if it books me, if no one pays me, no one hires me, no one yeah. likes it, it doesn't work. I I really at that point I was like, I that's my that's my best shot at mm. at doing what I'm doing, right? if i if that and if it fails, then I really I really would have just um uh switched careers, man. I would have switched industries, I would've gone and I don't know. Maybe been a presenter on radio, or, or worked as a in, a in a in a bookshop, or I don't know, man. You know, I, anything, I have, anything else. But because I just thought this is, I've been I've been working as an actor. That's been going fine. I've done all kinds of things. But you know, the acting the acting industry is only going to employ you when yeah. it wants you to be in something. You can't work yeah. in the acting industry when you want to work. It cannot, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a one way thing, right? Yeah, but yeah. A comedian, you can you can get on stage every night and and just say what you want to say and do stuff and, and keep your feet wet and keep, keep playing and keep writing and developing and trying stuff out, you know, and you're in a bit more control there, you know, um, I'm the really pay is sure. not as good, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but the, but the response is immediate, you know, and yeah. that's that's where the learning happens. And, and you've
0: got that creative freedom as well, right? You yeah. haven't got somebody else dictating to you. You answer
1: to nobody except your own yeah. self. Yeah.
0: I told um I told the wife a while ago. I was like, Do you know what? Because you know, I was trying the whole acting thing, and like yeah. um, the, the jobs weren't necessarily coming through. I was with a theatre company, um, this Indian South Asian uh, theatre company, and that was going great. Yeah. Um, but you know, it wasn't enough. And then I was like, Do you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fucking make it myself. Yeah. I'm gonna tell the stories that I want to tell. I'm gonna write my own stuff. That's, and, and that's sometimes exactly yeah.
1: It and yeah, and if every artist did that. Hmm. Then we'd have a whole lot more stories and a whole lot more uh, yeah, right. diverse uh, spectrum of, of, of art and storytelling yeah. and films and and photography and books and music to engage with yeah. rather than what, ha- what has to go through the industry system, which yeah. is very, uh, you know, sort of by the numbers, coloring book shit, man. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, we need to get our diversity casts in here. So, yeah,
0: you got to tick a let's
1: box. Get that guy and let's get that gay girl and whatever. And you go, oh, you ticked your boxes now. Can you just do it because it's it's now normal and you don't have mm. to make a big deal out of having these diverse people in? Because the society's. If you step out of your front door, you'll see the whole world. That's what yeah. I thought to I me mean when I was a kid. And my mum said, Right, you're nine years old. You go to school by yourself now. And she took me to the front door of the house and we lived on the high street. And I opened the door. And I and I and I looked at the world that was walking by and driving by, and cycling by, and it was the whole world. It was people from all walks of life, from all ages, from all cultures. And I went, I'm stepping into that world. These are my people now. Not not these are my people, as in me being Indian and I'm walking into an Indian community centre. I'm, I'm, I walked out onto the onto the high road, onto the high street in Wilsden Green, and and where there was a, a, a Japanese uh, sushi restaurant there was a a west indian uh caribbean restaurant there was a uh chinese takeout there was a uh there was a uh, the pakistani sweet shop there was my parents yeah. restaurant there was a greek uh a, a chip shop guy there was the irish pub i mean we we everyone was there everyone in the world yeah. was there. and that's that and that became people you know and so since yeah. then and that's been my attitude was i very much became a people person and yeah. and i and i uh, and, and, and I have, and that's it, man. And, and I wanted to connect with the world, uh, through my life. And to do that, I chose the path of being an actor because it would inform me about human behavior and it would allow me to travel and work with different people from different social, so parts of society, mm-hmm. education and, and cultures and races and so forth and faith. And, um, and, and, and I'll, and that's what acting gives you. It gives you yeah. this. Well, this whole you know tapestry of life that's everything but we don't see that on tv or in film as much certainly in this country we don't see it as much as they do in the u.s nowadays and it's weird and it comes down to who's writing and who's commissioning and who and who's producing and those people happen to not there's not enough of us in there uh, to to open those doors so you know if you're a white middle class male uh then you're writing what you know and might yeah, exactly. not include uh the one legged uh black lesbian uh yeah you know <laughs> person who yeah. because he's never seen one. He doesn't yeah. think it exists. So you know, he's 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 got a he's got a he's got an old white woman in a wheelchair or something, and you go, Okay, that could have been played by anyone, but oh right. you know you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So there's a debate there, but it, it's some it's one of the frustrations I've experienced in my career, having been in the acting industry since the nineties. Uh, when I was young, when I was a kid, and up to now, and I thought at the, at, back then I thought it's changing. It was changing. It seemed to be getting better, but then through the 21st century, it just went stale. It just kind of yeah. went, up, you know. And now with this, with the whole, uh, with society's change of politics and 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 you know uh, 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 all the diversity and everything, it's now now all the all the producers and the networks are saying, oh well, we've got to we've got to do this and back, yeah.
0: You know. It's interesting. The nineties was a great time in in this country. I felt on TV. Okay, fine. We could only we only had like the odd show here and there. Like you had the Real McCoy, you had uh, followed up by Goodness Gracious Me, which I believe you were involved in. Um, yeah, was
1: in the first series of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: like, um, it seemed. Yeah, you're right. There, there seemed to be this trajectory. It, it
1: checks um, out, man. If you think about you now, those two shows you mentioned. So yeah. that was the nineties, and then you had, uh, and there was also Desmonds. And, yeah, yeah. And, and it was um, uh, the Kumars. Now, when the Kumas finished around two thousand and three or four, yeah. uh, what can name me one Asian comedy show on TV from two thousand and four up to now? Yeah. Right, or no one? Show, right, you know. And you go, well, that's a lot of years where we weren't presented on TV. Yeah. And at least not yeah, um, we, um, we were around. We were we were here, man. Yeah, 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 but absolutely. Nobody was nobody cared. Nobody, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you had this whole decade go by where Lenny Henry stopped doing stuff, you know, yeah. and the Real McCoy guys weren't uh, weren't getting it, you know, and, and it was just yeah. and and the Kumars said, you know, Sanjeev and Mira, and they they'd done these things and they'd moved on, but no one no one was looking at what's the next thing in yeah. this. Where, how do we continue representing this community or these? Co- in british tv if these people are british which we are uh and nobody cared nobody put anything on now they are now they're you know yeah. they're getting stuff out there and, and 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 casting more you know alternative or whatever but it shouldn't even be called alternative or diverse it should just be yeah. you know just casting man it's should, yeah should just yeah be normal. exactly
0: it's weird um yeah like you say w- w- what else was there like you Miris and uh, Sanjay Bhaskar and those guys, they kind of sort of went off to stage to film. There's this weird void. I vaguely recall there's some, there was a show uh, about a Muslim fellow, um, Khan. Oh, God, what was it called? It was the entire the title was a pun or oh. something. Citizen Khan, that's it. Yeah. And um, I could never really get into that no, for some reason. There was just something just didn't connect. It just didn't no. seem uh, sincere
1: enough or honest mind your language, uh, which, was a, yeah. <laughs> which was a, which was which was which is now considered quite a racist show. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. playing stereotypes, that's what it was, right? Yeah, exactly. Age of different cultures. And and, and they're all in, at, at an English learning language school. Um, yeah. and they're all from they're all foreigners. And um oh, yeah. English teacher who's white, but everyone else is Pakistani or Indian or African or Turkish or Greek or Italian. And yeah. I'll, you can watch that on YouTube, man, and it was made by late 70s or the 80s but it's funny 70s, as
0: hell yeah it, yeah it, and it's interesting seeing that now in today's in the context of today's world it's still like... <laughs> funny. yeah exactly yeah yeah if yeah if it's I, and the thing is the weird thing is from what i remember um i think that's the last time i saw any of it was maybe about a year or two ago yeah but it was uh, it's still <laughs> oddly enough celebrated diversity it wasn't like yeah. yeah. Okay. There was a there was comedy in the accents and the mannerisms. Yeah, and all those stereotypes. But at the same time, there was still this sort of underlying respect.
1: Yeah, they were they were trying to do the right thing, you know, by by having mm-hmm. this thing. Of, yeah, by by yeah. making a show like that in the first place, you know. And, yeah. And a lot of, a lot of the a lot of the 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 immigrants that came over from different countries. Yeah. From fifties and sixties and seventies, did talk like that. That's what they sounded yeah. like. Yeah, they did, yeah, absolutely. You know. <laughs> uh, and you can't say they didn't because I'll tell you what, I can find you people to this day that still sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're not yeah, wrong. Absolutely. you know, it's no. just you know, anyone from a, from today's generation watching a show that old would be like, what this e- this even got made? This is so wrong. You know, no. but um but then if you watch something like Citizen Khan, you know, you go, well yeah. why is that how is that contemporary? How is that today's society? Is it? I yeah. don't know. Which is something about it didn't sit with me. But. Yeah, yeah,
0: same. And it seems like during that period um, of you know sort of the late mid to late noughties, early uh, noughties, whatever you want to call it, it seemed like the US really picked up. Um, Oh and man, You had your people like Mindy Kaling and uh you had uh Zina. yeah, and all the the stand up scene, yeah, yeah, and the acting yeah. scene. Yeah. I, I remember just thinking I'd miss my fucking chance, basically I was like, damn it, that should have been me
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're right, I've said this so many times, and, and as well as the uh you were born in the wrong country, Neil. you yeah. know <laughs> yeah. in the US. and um but at the same time, i've always found american uh yeah. t v and film to be much more. Uh, diverse in its casting from always, like from yeah. from since definitely since from the 90s onwards, you know, with like shows like ER and uh, NYPD Blue and all this. I mean, just West Wing and all that. And you, you're 24, you watch these shows, and you go, they've got people from different, you know, ethnic minorities, man, and but they're not yes. casting them because they the person that's ethnic has to explain their ethnicity. Yeah, they can They're just them. there. <clears throat> that's just how how things are in America at the time, but yeah. the UK is much more uh, uh, multicultural and diverse, and it's not represented enough on uh, British TV. And that's yeah. you know check this out. Here, here's this is this will tell you something about the British TV viewers, especially in the middle part of England um, where this apparently happened. So uh, there's a show called Neighbours, Australian soap. Yeah, love you still love it. Well, I don't watch it, but I stopped watching it in the eighties when I was a kid. Same when, once I finished once I left school, uh, in like what ninety whatever, and then we stopped watching neighbours when we left school, I guess. But um because mm. we had Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh the original <laughs> one, or the new one. Um but yeah. so, um, but here's the thing. So I was in Australia on tour yep. and uh and I mentioned neighbours and someone said to me over there, they said, Well, did you know that there was actually an Indian family that moved into Ramsey Street? Was it? And uh, yeah, well, check this out. And I said, really? And I said, is this quite new? They said, no, it's about maybe five years ago. And I said, oh, right. I said I, I wasn't aware of that. They said, yeah, they were there for about three months. I said, three months? What happened? They said, well, they got they got axed. They got written out. And I said, what? I said, oh my God, Australia is so racist. And they said, actually, it was from all the fans in the UK who wrote to the Australian TV company and said, what's with this Indian family on Ramsey Street? That's not how we envisage Australia. That's not how we see Australia. And uh, we, we're not happy about it. And they dropped Fuck the so. Indian family out of Ramsey, out of neighbours, because the British public, viewing public who watch neighbours, were not happy about it. And that tells you a lot about who's watching TV here. or how, oh, you know I mean Yeah, right? And it's like EastEnders used to do this thing where they goes, OK, so Albert Square, right, we've got one black family. Yeah. What do you mean there's a black family? Well, we can't have two living in Albert Square. I mean, they, what are they taking over? So yeah. they, they would so they would write the one black family out and then they would bring in an Indian family. And yeah. then they'd write the Indian family out and then they'd bring in the next black family. And they kept yeah. doing this for a couple of decades before they went, Okay, we can probably have a black family and an Indian family at the same time. Yeah. But they would never have more than one black family. Like they wouldn't have two black families or two Indian families and a black family at the same time, because that's just way too much color, you know? And <laughs> I, and, and when I, when they asked me to be on EastEnders as one of the, and I just said, no, I said, because I just, one, I found the show depressing because yeah, just a lot of arguments and stuff. And I, and I, and I was, I just see a lot of that in real life. And I just said, why do I want to yeah. watch it? Oh, that's Absolutely. that? Absolutely. And, and I, and I, and I, my brother still watches it religiously and, uh, and I, I can't stand it, but, but, yeah. um, uh, because I didn't like the way it was cast, and put there was—I just didn't like it. And I just—I don't—I don't want to. I don't know if, if I want to be part of that in that way. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and now it's changed. Now they've got a black family plus another black couple who, you know, or an Indian couple who are not from the same families and whatever. And you go, oh right, okay. Yeah. So there's actual characters there's more of, than yeah. That, there's other people now that are just citizens of that community, which is a lot yeah. more normal. And yeah. and I like it. <laughs> I like it for that. Um yeah. but they but they're all still just shouting at each other and having arguments and yeah. deceiving each other and, and, and um yeah. Um you know I don't yeah. I, I just don't do soaps.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, if you want that, you just gotta I don't know, I just gotta listen to my neighbours or uh go you to know. like a community thing one night and, yeah, and, yeah, and there man. you go. It's, you know. Yeah, it's depressing yeah. as hell, man. Coronation Street fucking gets me. Oh Jesus yeah. Christ. That opening, the music,
1: just oh yeah, this is the happiest music in the world, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. Watch this. Completely chipper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It makes me think like uh, how depressing are people's lives that they enjoy that? That's what that's their escape. Well,
1: it's stories, isn't it? They know it's fiction. Yeah, yeah. The thing about Corey makes me feel like when the music starts, I feel like I'm in a time machine going back to the end of World War (laughs) Two. Okay. and for that I just feel like and then one on one if I see the show I go, these they just feel like they're still around living in England in that time. Yeah. Yeah. In that World War Two time. You know, it's it doesn't I don't know. Yeah. If you watch Zenzari and series Master of None, yeah. which is
3: oh two, my two seasons on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's phenomenal. This guy nailed it, man. Yeah, yeah. He said so much about a lot of what we've been talking about actually yeah. and, and just about you know Indians in the uh in the in a in a western uh acting uh, and, uh, and film and tv industry and comedy and and he and he gets a lot of a lot of those points across man and the, but the yeah. is beautiful it's funny and it's right now you know he's got a diverse cast and it, you know he actually got his real parents to play his parents in it.
0: Yeah, I can't believe it. And they and they crushed it. They're so good. They nailed it. Yeah, it's great. There's a great episode of Master of None in the first season um, where his mate uh, – oh, God, and what's the actor's name? I think it's Raj Patel, is it? Oh, Raj, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and um, – and they're, and they're all going for this uh, this audition
1: and raj is raj is playing all the stereotypes because he thinks that's the way in and aziz
0: yeah, is not they, yeah he so aziz Ansari refuses to play the yeah, really yeah. stereotypical character they want him to do this yeah. act. yeah exactly and he's like this call center guy and yeah. and raj uh, patel does it and he gets the part so th- did you know yeah. that that is referencing the first transformers film in is in it the, yeah that that is basically a true story um in that first so the michael bay
1: film not obviously not the i remember the, i remember that guy in the transformers yeah. when, okay i just put you on hold whatever yeah, right so that's
0: that yeah. is that's actually raj patel to so the same actor yeah and that role <laughs> yeah. aziz ansari yeah. went for that and he wow. turned them down he turned uh paramount whoever it was down yeah, saying so, no, I'm not going to do
1: it that Aziz, way. Aziz could play a guy that hangs out with the robots, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, that, he needs to be like that. Um, who's the who's the black guy um that played he's like the comedy guy? Tyrese? Huh? Was it Tyrese? Not Tyrese. No, no the other guy, the the, the oh, fat the bigger, guy from that Oh god, yeah. The comedy so show. He's great. No, no, I know. But he's great. but Aziz could have played that part. Why couldn't Aziz play that part? You know what I mean? Yeah. exactly. That, that's the part to go for, right? You go, "Well, if you yeah. going to cast me in this Give me a gun and, and a transformer to hang out with or give me a yeah. car to drive in, or give me a plot. Give me, you know, make me an FBI. Make me, uh, don't make me be that that call center guy. Yeah, you know?
0: exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, that that I remember that scene uh, in the cinema. People are cracking up, but there was something yeah. inside me that was just like, really? This is how we're going to be represented? Like, oh, but anyway. Yeah. That's a start.
1: See that's that's how we're represented at a start because that's what's yeah. current in the world. And it go, everyone knows that. Even I do a joke about the uh, the the Indian call center guy in my in my routine, um, you know. But uh, but now, if you watch things like, there's that film come out called Yesterday, um, oh where the lead guy's is Indian, uh, and then there was a there was a the first uh, Hollywood uh, romantic comedy film with a lead guy who's an Indian guy is um is uh Judd Apatow produced this film called the big sick where he's oh, he's yes. going out and you know, she gets sick and he's a comedian and that and I forget the uh, uh, yeah. so yeah. right man you know and then amazing um, film and yeah so you've got so you so you, you know you got Mindy, the Mindy project and so, so you got yeah. you know, this change is happening you know um yeah and um yeah it's it's uh it, it's but you have to start somewhere. You go well, you know. What did the Jews? What were Jews first casters? What were the Irish first casters? What yeah. was the Chinese first casters when they got cast? You know, yeah, in something, yeah. something, you know. And 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 also, it's Michael Bay. It's a massive. Pr- they're gonna. They're playing. They're using stereotypes, you know. So they're gonna see, because it's got to go around the world that film. Yeah, you got to yeah. recognize it, you know. People yeah. in uh, in in people in India have to watch it and go, yeah, that's us. And they're gonna look at it and be, yeah. be celebrated. You know, and go, yeah, that's us. That's representing. You know what I mean? Whereas us Western Indians, we're yeah. going to be like, oh god, we going to. That's what we are. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're on both sides, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's funny, it's funny that he wasn't. That was a Transformers thing because I thought that's yeah. a really perfect way to end the show. To yeah. end this episode of the podcast yeah. because we've started with Transformers and we've come full circle. And we've
0: ended back with Transformers. Yeah, Transformers,
3: like
1: full back in comedy, but we didn't even plan it, and that's really cool. Yeah, I love it. Anil, what is next? So I am – well, I've got my own solo show. I'm doing a a one-hour show at Tara Arts in Earlsfield on the 20th of July. Um, So that's a double bill with uh, a comedian who's off to the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, So it's 7.30. I think I'm at 8.30 uh, or 9 o'clock or something. Um, uh, uh, But, look, yeah, just check out Tara Arts' website and um, get details for that. Um, and then I've got a play I'm doing that opens on um, at the Hen and Chickens Theatre in Islington.
0: Oh, nice! Yeah,
1: great little place. Yeah, on April twenty second, and it's uh, part of the Camden Fringe, okay. and that'll be on for a week. And um, and that's great. It's 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 um, inspired by a real place called Eel Pie Island, which is a, a little island uh, with uh, with actual people living on this island you know, on the Thames down by Twickenham. And you have to take a bridge to get over there, and um when there was a flood uh, and when the when the when the bridge got closed down for a while, and they had to take a little ferry across, but the ferry could only hold about five people and um but anyway, it's great it's and we went down there for a day trip last week to check out check it out. There's a museum down there about the history of Eel Pie Island back in the sixties. there was a hotel there uh well there was the hotel was there for a while, but it burnt down in the seventies. But during the 60s was its kind of heyday with like the Rolling Stones and the Who, uh, you know, uh, people like that would go and play there and do, do gigs and concerts and stuff. And, and, it, and, and then people would hear about it, you know, by, on the grapevine and they'd all congregate and go and hang out down there. And it was quite a scene. It was sort of like um, uh, London's own sort of uh, hippie Woodstock kind of commune place for a while. As well, right, okay. and, um So it's basically, but it's the story of the play. Uh, a slice of eel yeah. pie, is what the play is called, is uh, inspired by that time and that place, and um, and some of the events that come that come from it. I'm in the flashback scenes in the '60s, and it's quite wow. groovy, man.
3: Yeah, okay. and then
1: um, and I'm also doing a feature film. I start filming next month. Um oh, nice. Uh, which I can't say too much about it. Yeah, them. I was gonna <laughs>
0: say, can you talk about it?
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um uh yeah, so that, that looks interesting. Uh nice. it's 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 got um people with uh special powers in it. So that's all I can say at the moment. okay. Which I play one of as well, so that's quite nice. exciting. Okay. And um uh other than that, man, if you watch uh if you watch T V like yeah. stuff like Love Island um Currently on an Uber eats out on Love Island, and um, and the uh, and the great <laughs> Bake Off, I'll be on the, I'll be on the TV promo for that for the new series. Oh, nice, okay. Uh, yeah, and you know, I, and otherwise, I'm doing gigs. I'm around. I'm in the. Uh, okay. Where am I? I'm in. Um, i okay. East Grinstead in July. I'm in Orpington in July. Uh, okay. Down. And. Um. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm around, man. I'm, uh, okay. And where
0: can people find you? Uh, like, kind of find you online.
1: A Neil Desai comic uh on my, that's my facebook fan page um that usually has my updates and things on it and instagram anil desai comic you can follow me on twitter at anil desai comic um yeah and if you want to message me message me through any of those perfect okay yeah. we the website are, are are being updated and okay. uh be relaunched kind of thing properly uh later in some some point in the summer um but yeah man it's uh yeah uh, it uh, is any last request before I go? Ooh,
0: I uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not that great with requests, but I've got to say, I say, yeah, I would like. I always wondered um, what Robert Nero would say to Homer Simpson.
1: Well, you know, I got to tell you, homie. You know, you spend a lot of time. You spend a lot of time just, you know, sitting at home. What are you doing? I mean, look at you. What, what are you doing right now? You're sitting on the couch. What are you doing? Well, well, you know, I, I, I We're well, just being I'm playing PlayStation, man. What's the matter with you? Yeah, well, well, yeah what's, what? what's what? I mean, what's the aim here? This is this has got no relevance on your real life or out there in society. You know, you're just here. You're trying to you're playing a mission and just trying to get to level fifty. Well, what are you
3: going to do?
1: Because if I get to level fifty in the game, then I get like all the rewards. <sighs>
3: Homie, why don't you try getting to level fifty in
1: real life? You know, she's got a point. Wife's well, got a point. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say. You're actually going point. I'm going to get some bagels. You want some bagels? I you have bagels. Mm, I love bagels too. They're round, just like donuts. <laughs>